0: Welcome to the Cinema Rat, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self-indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does. And they've been talking about it for over thirty years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello everybody, this is Gregory and welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today we're going to talk about the inimitable Will Ferrell. Now of course this is the second Ferrell that we're doing. We have an early episode on Colin Ferrell and how Colin Ferrell has curated his career in a great way, in a way that I mentioned in that episode Tom Cruise should learn from. But today we're going to talk about Will Ferrell, who is a comedy icon. We're going to go through his films and his personal life. And I grew up with Will Ferrell to a certain extent. Certainly, I, like a lot of people, recognized him on Saturday Night Live. We have a video here on Saturday Night Live and how it can improve itself. I I think I did that episode in January. I've I've been a fan of SNL since the mid-80s back Dana Carvey and and Phil Hartman and so forth, and I've watched it periodically for the last, oh, I don't know, 35 years. And when Farrell came on in 95, that's when they reloaded. They fired pretty much everybody but David Spade, who they kept for a year, and they brought in this new cast, and part of it was Farrell and Chris Kattan and Molly Shannon and all these people, and the show really took off again. And my favorite skits from Will Farrell, I was never a big fan of the cheerleader one, But I love the hot tub, the lovers, the one that he would do with with Rachel Dratch, the lovers. They would would have, I always talk about having sex in hot tubs and stuff. And at the end, they would try to start having sex and then he would scream at her about his back. I always love the one where he plays the Euro trash with the really small headphones, with cell phone, I should say. And he's just just so good, Harry Carey. I mean, there's just so many great skits. So he left in 2002, but during that time on SNL, he started doing little bit parts. And the bit parts are great. He did have his own standalone movie, Night at the Roxbury, the one he did with Catan. And you know, Catan, I feel bad for Catan because I think Catan was so insanely talented. Think of Mr. Peepers, (laughs) the Antonio Banderas show. I mean, that guy just did, was so great. And I think he just had some personal demons. And of course, he maybe didn't have the stature that some of the other Hollywood actors would have, and maybe that inhibited it, but he was great. Either way, they did Night at the Roxbury, which is their movie about the the guys who pick up the, the girls at the bar and they always say no to them, which is, you know, it's a fine movie. He has a small role as Mustafa in the Austin Powers movies. And he's probably more famous in that series for being the guy that Dr. Evil throws into the the fire chamber. And then he doesn't die. And then they shoot him and he's still not dead. And then he's got another great cameo in Zoolander. Zoolander is one of my, like, silent pleasures. I love Zoolander. And of course, he plays Mugatu, the bad guy. (laughs) He's so funny and Happy happy. He's so funny in that movie. And of course, he, he does that movie, the sequel, Winter 2, which is really not that good. But he leaves in 2002, and then look at this run that he does. And part of this is not just is Adam McKay. So Adam McKay is his longtime collaborator for, for quite some time. And McKay was an SNL writer when he was there, so they were really close friends. And so they collaborated in a lot of work. And Farrell... I should say up front, is a very successful producer and he's done some writing too. We'll go through some of his writing and producing, but he's a very successful producer. And if you compare the Farrells, Will's got twice the amount of money net worth than Colin. Uh, Will Farrell estimated to be worth about 150 mil and Colin is about 70, 80 mil. And a lot of that, I think it just has to do with producing. You see a lot of actors, actresses going to producing, probably most famously would be Brad Pitt. With Angelina Jolie, but Brad bit big mistake there. Uh, and then you look at Reese Witherspoon, who just sold Hello Sunshine for something like $900 million. So they collaborate in a lot of their early works. Old School, Elf, and Anchorman are all coming out in subsequent years. And I mean, what can you say about this run? Elf is just a classic movie. It's so funny. And, you know, you, you look at that relationship in there, like... Will Ferrell's like Gene Hackman. Was this guy ever young? Did this Even if you look on SNL, he's only 55. But if you watch SNL, when he got on SNL, he was 28. And the dude looks like he's 50 already. He's got the Gene Hackman syndrome. It's like that, that baby condition progeria where the babies look like old men. Ferrell was never young. He was never young. But in Elf, he's supposed to have a relationship with Zoe Deschanel, which is one of my sexy Saturdays. And that relationship is odd because Wolfair looks like he's at least 35 and Jovi's like, I don't know, she looks like she's 20. Either way, great movie. Old school, Frank the Tank, iconic, iconic movie. I mean, (laughs) you crazy, you I mean, how many great lines? is He steals that movie more than I would say Vince Vaughn does. And then you look at Anchorman. This is one of his McKay collaborations. I think this is always probably gonna be the, the number one movie that comes out on his his oeuvre when he dies, it's gonna be this movie. It's iconic. And he's done a lot of Braun Burgundy stuff after Anchorman. He has a podcast on it and he, he's done some other stuff. But I mean, speaking of great kind of iconic roles that have continued with them, he periodically would do George W. Bish. That was one of his famous impersonations on SNL. And even during the 2000s, he would reprise that role because it was so great. So we're just going to go through his major roles, not all of his roles, because I'll tell you, for up until about a few years ago, the dude was very prodigious and would do a lot of work. And I think Farrell, and we'll talk about this at the end, Farrell is exceedingly talented. I don't think anyone can deny that. But you need to put Farrell in the right vehicle. And because sometimes he's not in the right vehicle, he has tanks that, that really flop. And you look at his talent and you're like, how can this be? But it happened. So 2005 Kicking and Screaming, that's where he's the soccer dad, it's fine. Bewitched, talk about a bomb. This is Nicole Kidman at her peak. And this is Nora Ephron. Nora Ephron wrote this, and it completely... Going back to Elf, I forgot to mention that Jim Carrey was actually offered this role back when Jim Carrey was about to peak in the in the great early, mid-90s, and he turned down the role and I think Elf with Jim Carrey, it would have been interesting. I think he would have been winning. It would have been creepy like cable guy Jim Carrey. I think he would have been quite winning on that. But, I mean, talk about really working out for you that, that you got that role instead. And he also, Will Farrell was offered $30 million to do Elf 2. Because let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclatico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is... The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in 2017, 2016, I believe. We also have the Female Holistic Health Apothecary, which originally started as an essential oils feed And there's about a 100 episodes on essential oils, particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth. And then later I morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health, female specific. We've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have Confessions of an Obese Child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great... Feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds at the Eclecto Gregory on Apple or Spotify. He was offered 30 mil, but he said no because it, he thought it would look like he was, was getting a paycheck. And of course, he was getting a paycheck, but you know, kudos to his character that says a lot that he passed out that money. He passed on that money. And look, like Elf 2 could have been good, but he used that time to do Anchorman, which I think was probably a smart move given how well Anchorman has done. And Anchorman might be a movie I love later on uh, in this feed. Uh, it's such an iconic movie, right? There's just so many great lines. From it. Anyways, Bewitched, Tanked. Then he's in Wedding Crashers, right? Mom, my meatloaf! You know, he has a great seat at the theater where Owen Wilson goes and sees him after he and Vince Vaughn are no longer friends. And he's the godfather. You think he's going to be this cool guy. And of course, he lives at home with his mom. I mean, Farrell is so good at cameos, especially early in his career. Then he collaborates again with McKay and co-writes Talladega Nights, their Ballad of Ricky Bobby. This is a great movie. It's got Sasha Baron Cohen as the bad guy. It's got a young smoking Amy Adams in this movie. And it's just, just, it's, it's, it's a great movie. To me it's not, I would not put in my top four Will Ferrell favorite movies, but it's definitely top 10. That same year he does Blades of Glory, the hockey movie, the skating movie that he does with the dude from uh, John Hader from Napoleon Dynamite. If you listen to this feed daily, you know how I feel about that movie. Then he starts doing some of the, I wouldn't say not yet, but a little later, he starts doing some of the, the the more serious roles. So he does Funny or Die. He creates that. And Funny or Die is a platform for people to do little shorts. And he has one of his most famous shorts in 2007 where he does The Landlord, where he has that baby who cusses and comes and knocks on the door. She's the landlord. He's like, oh, I can't pay. And the, and the, and the, the baby's cussing at him. Later on, 2008, a semi-pro. That movie is not that good. It's about uh, being a basketball player in in the 1970s. And then iconic, Will Ferrell, 2008. You got Step Brothers, Step Brothers. Step Brothers was a movie that grew on me. I think when it came out, I did not think it was that funny. But God, that movie is so funny. Boats and hoes, boats and hoes. And this is one of his first collaborations with John C. Riley. I should say Talladega Nights, he was on Talladega Nights. But it's another movie, John C. Riley. And this is interesting, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell friendship, because this will all tie at the end uh, vis-a-vis Adam McKay. So John C. Riley was mentioned when May and I did Underrated Actors, Top 10 Underrated Actors. He's one of our underrated actors. I think he was my underrated actor. And a great actor. He's just, he, can do, he can do drama. He's in Gangs in New York. He can, he can do comedy. He can do just everything. He can sing. He's in Chicago, for example. He's just really good. Really, really good. 2009, Land of the Lost, just a total tank, complete tank of a movie. Comes back, rebounds, 2010, the other guys. This is probably my top four feral as well. This is the one he does with Wahlberg, where they're they're like really bad cops. And Eva Mendez is his wife, and Wahlberg can't figure out like why hot Eva Mendez would be married to Farrell. And there's that great scene. You, know, you find out that at what point Farrell was a a uh, a pimp before he was a cop. It, it's just so funny. He's, he's so good in that movie. That movie is just great. 2010 he does the voice for Megamind the movie. Typically we don't count animation here. But uh, that movie did relatively well. Then he starts doing the dramatic stuff. So 2012 he does Casa de Mi Padre. This is a movie that is in Spanish. He does the whole movie in Spanish. I have not seen this movie, to be fair. Then he does 2012 The Campaign. This is with Zach Galifianakis from Hangover Fame. And they both play politicians running for office. The movie is hit and miss. I would, I would say it's decent. He comes back in 2013 and does Anchorman 2. Anchorman 2... Gets a lot of slack because people had such high expectations when this movie came out. And this movie's good. It's another collaboration he does with McKay. And it's fine. Its fight scene is more expanded. And I think it it speaks a lot to Marion Cotillard. Of course, one of my sexy Saturdays is in that fight sequence. But the movie is actually good because it speaks a lot to what happened to news. And just the whole kind of sensationalism of news and so forth. And I think it holds up well. It just can't be as good as the iconic original, but it holds up okay. It's it's just not as laugh out loud funny as the original, but it's still pretty good. Twenty fifteen, he does Get heart. This is the Kevin Hart movie where Kevin Hart movie where he's kind of it's it's a rip off of Trading Places, the old Eddie Murphy Dan Aykroyd in, in some ways. He is the kind of successful rich. Business guy who is with Allison Brie. Allison Brie plays his little sexy fiance, and then he gets into some financial troubles. He's set up essentially. Allison Brie leaves him, and then he's got to ask Kevin Hart for help on exonerating him. It's it's decent. It's it's decent. Then he starts Daddy's Home. Daddy's Home is interesting. He did two of these. This is the one where he plays the simp beta, uh, and Mark Wahlberg is the dad. So I think it's if I'm not mistaken, it is. Linda Cardellini, from Freaks and Geeks fame, she plays the 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 wife. So she's originally married to Wahlberg. They have some kids. Then she doesn't she divorces him because he's unreliable, rides a motorcycle. You know, I've, I'm sure you've seen these movies. And then so she marries Will Farrell, and Farrell is like the the stable beta provider. And so then Wahlberg comes back into their life, and it's kind of the juxtaposition, juxtaposition of the 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 more alpha aggressive guy. Feeling uh, kind of threatened by the beta, but the beta is threatened by the alpha. And of course, at the end, they're all friends. And there's a sequel to that. That movie is interesting because originally, Farrell was going to play the Wahlberg character. And I'm just like, what? Well, Farrell could never have played the Wahlberg character. He doesn't have that juice. And then later, when he decided to play the character he was going to do, Vince Vaughn originally was going to be the Wahlberg character and... He bowed out, and then eventually Wahlberg came in, and I think Wahlberg was a better choice. Then he does Zoolander number 2 in 2016, and this is such a letdown because Zoolander is such an iconic film. He plays Mugatu. They break him out of prison. It's got some humorous scenes in it, but overall it's just just a movie that kind of falls flat, and it's not because of him. 2017, he does The House. This is the Amy Poehler movie where they're, they're a couple, and for a variety of reasons, they have to... Find a way to make money, so they use their house as like a gambling thing. It's okay. 2017, he does Daddy's Home too. I never saw that one. That one brings in, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Mel Gibson as, as the dad of Wahlberg, and I think John Lithgow is the dad of Farrell. Later on, he does Holmes and Watson. So this movie is so bad. It has John C. Riley, as Watson and Farrell as Holmes. Now, originally, it was supposed to be Farrell was going to play Watson and Sasha Barrett Cohen was going to play Sherlock Holmes. And maybe that would have made a difference in the movie, but this movie just did not do well at all. And this is the last time you see these guys working together. So that gets us to more of the present day stuff. He hasn't done as much work. He he did, in 2020, did a dramatic movie, Downhill. This is a remake of Force Majeure, which is a movie he does with Julia Louis-Dreyfus from Seinfeld and Veep fame. And it's about a couple that are in the Alps with their kids, and then an avalanche hits. And at the moment of the avalanche hitting, the dad, Pharaoh, hides and tries to protect himself and doesn't try to protect uh, his family, and then of course it's it's a very dialogue driven movie where then the the, the wife Julia Louis Dreyfus is like what's wrong with you? How you know it's it, it, it's it's a character moment, right? And then you look at Eurovision. So Eurovision, I honestly I love this movie. This was a Netflix movie, and I think one of the reasons I love it is because I love ABBA. I've always loved ABBA since I was a kid. My mom used to sing me ABBA. I remember watching the old videos of ABBA, and Eurovision is where ABBA got its hit, its launch with, I think it was Waterloo or Ring Ring. I can't remember which one was on Eurovision. So this movie essentially, he plays, what he plays in a lot of these these movies, kind of the loser, he and Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams is great in this movie. She's got really good comedic talent. They're these losers that live in Iceland, and it's essentially a story of how they through a series of events, win the Iceland competition, and then are able to go to the, the actual Eurovision Song Contest and compete over there. And it, I think it's just a very funny movie and very winning. And I think it's really the last time uh, that you've seen him kind of do classic peak Feral. 2022, he did Spirited. This is the Ryan Reynolds-Feral collaboration. I, I believe it was on Apple Plus And... Eh. Eh. what he has upcoming and those are his major works he did some other works with it he's got a lot of stuff upcoming a lot of this is his producer stuff but he does have a cameo in barbie which by the time this comes out will have already been released he plays the ceo and then he does there's a sister comedy project where it's A lonely recluse's life is upended when her train wreck of a sister vows to mend their relationship by helping her fulfill her lifelong dream. So he's not the lead in that movie. Now let's look at his producing credits. As I mentioned, he did a lot of work with Adam McKay. A lot of work. And they honestly, McKay went on after doing some of his comedy stuff and he did some comedy stuff without Uh, Farrell and it. And Farrell definitely benefited from Jet Apatel. They collaborate on a lot of stuff as well, including Anchorman. But later on, McKay did more of the dramatic stuff, the Big Shore, Vice, and some other stuff. And he was a co producer for the TV show Succession. We have an episode here. Both he and Farrell were producers on that. And so Farrell has four Emmy Awards. A couple of them were Ensemble for SNL, and then he has a couple for Succession. But he doesn't have any in terms of just standalone. Hardware. He's never won an Oscar. He's never won an Emmy. But if you look at his producing, the, the guy has made some bank from producing. So you can go and look at Step Brothers. He co-produced Hot Rod, the Andy Samberg movie. He originally was going to be the lead in that, but he passed it, and then he decided to co-produce on that. He's also... The other guys, he's the producer in that. And he does a lot of, again, the funnier die stuff and, and so forth. But the campaign, he was a producer in that. And you just notice later in his career, he's just a, a co producer in a lot of stuff. He's a co producer in Anchorman 2 as well. And just on and on and on and on. I think that's where you see Get Hard as well and Daddy's Home and all these things. And this is one of the reasons I think that he made some money off of that. He was also a producer on Vice. The Adam McKay directed movie. He was an executive producer on Booksmart. The Olivia Wilde directed one. He's an executive producer in J-Lo's Hustlers and so forth. And this is what you do as a producer, right? You just put in some money. and you, It's essentially like venture capitalism. I'm going to put some money down and then let's see if I get reimbursed. In terms of writing, he has some writing credits. I think most famously, he did write Talladega Nights. He also co-wrote Step Brothers, He also wrote Anchorman. So, a lot of his major works, he had some sort of writing uh, involved within also Eurovision. Now, in terms of McKay, so he and McKay were longtime buddies. And what happened was if you have HBO, you might have seen the Laker television show Winning Time, which takes place in the early 80s and essentially shows how Jerry Buss got the Lakers to be winning again. And McKay produced this and McKay was involved in it. And Farrell wanted to play Jerry Buss. He always wanted to play Jerry Buss. And McKay didn't think he was right for the role. And so he gave the role to John C. Riley, his friend. And that caused the rift. And up until this point, as far as I know, they are no longer friends. They're, I think it was Gary Sanchez, their producing company that they did. They dissolved it completely over this rift. And uh, as far as I know, they're not even friends. And look, I've seen Winning Time. I think probably if people would have seen Farrell in it, I think people would have been like, oh, that's Farrell playing Bus. But when you see John C. Ryan, I think probably because he's not as famous, that when you, when you see him portraying Bus, you forget on some level that it's John C. Riley. And I think that McKay, in his wisdom, made the right choice. In terms of his personal life, things he does outside of that work, He is a co-owner of the Los Angeles Football Club, LAFC. I do love soccer, but I don't watch a lot of MLS. He is a part part owner in that thing. He does have a couple of podcasts right now. He has one on iHeartRadio called Big Money Players Network. He also has the Ron Burgundy Podcast, if you want uh, his take on the world through the eyes of Ron Burgundy. You can definitely check that out. And the interesting thing about his private life is he's been with the same woman For over 20 years, he married a Swedish woman, Vivica Paulin. And they met when he got on SNL. They met in acting class in 1995. And they've been married since 2000. And they have three sons and live a quiet life. And speaking of quiet, if you've ever heard Farrell on a podcast or interviewed, he's very quiet and mild-mannered. It's not what you would expect. You expect him to be like his roles and just be really bombastic, very loud, very over the top. And he's not like that. He's kind of like Jim Carrey, but Jim Carrey has some depression issues, I think. But Jim Carrey is very mellow when you hear him talk, but Farrell is just one of those guys where he's kind of just bland, mild-mannered, just quiet dude. I wouldn't say bland, but just mild-mannered, quiet guy. And then when you hit... Action. When you say action, then he just turns it on, and then he's what we perceive to be Will Ferrell. So he's got a pretty quiet, private life, and I think that's great. Now, in terms of his career, he's he's exceedingly talented. I think the thing with Ferrell, though, is he's had some bombs. And I think I will attribute this to his agent more than him. Because Ferrell is very talented, and I would definitely not put him in my series, Emperor Has No Clothes... But he has to be in the right vehicle. And if you notice in all of his best works, he starts the movie, or he's always in the movie, as a buffoon. Just kind of a clueless buffoon. You look at Talladega Nights. You look at Ron Burgundy. You look at Elf. You look at the other guys, right? He's kind of naive. He's kind of clueless. He's kind of stupid. And that fits him well. Old school is the same thing. That fits him well. He, he, he does those movies well where he kind of plays the buffoon. He can't do like serious dramas. You can't put him in like a show like Succession. It would be laughable if he was one of the, the actors in that amazing show. He, he doesn't have the range. And like Carrie, who's tried dramatic or Steve Carell, I think they have more dramatic chops. And Farrell as a whole has not been successful being a dramatic actor. And as a whole, I would say that even in comedy, Ben Stiller, I think, has more range as a comedic actor. Stiller can do different roles in comedy than Farrell. When Farrell goes out of his range, he typically doesn't have success. And so this is why I attribute some of these bombs to the agents because his agents kind of need to know better. And certainly I've watched enough Entourage to know that many times, The actors, the talent, don't listen to the agents. like, I want to do this movie. I want to do this movie. And the agents know that maybe it's not the best role for them. But Farrell plays a certain comedy exceedingly well. And if you look at his SNL and his work on The Groundlings, I I forgot to mention he got his break on The Groundlings and then from The Groundlings he got to SNL. To be in improv, you have to be very talented. You have to be a genius just to be able to turn that on. And if you look at his work... On SNL, there's no doubt, it's indubitable that he is exceedingly talented. My only criticism of Farrell is that Farrell's bankability is based on him playing the buffoon. And if it's a movie where he's not playing that kind of archetype, he struggles. That being said, we did not mention him in this series, Have These Actors pass Their Prime. Maybe we'll do a part three and put him in the part three. But I I think that like a lot of these actors, as they age out of acting or they lose the itch or the hunger to act, he's going to have all those producing credits, which I think will help continue bankroll his future. But Will Ferrell, I will always love you. Mostly for, I would say, your iconic movies like Step Brothers and Talladega Nights and Anchorman and to a certain extent Elf and, and Old School and definitely your SNL work. I will always love you to death. Guys, I'll post a poll over at Spotify. You let me know what you think of Will Ferrell. Please rate and review this podcast because it helps make the channel grow. There's a link for PayPal in the episode notes, and there's a link for the Eclectico Gregorio feed, the website, which hosts all of them. You can listen to all the feeds over there, but the best way to do it is to listen to them on Apple and Spotify or wherever you podcast. Until next time, take care. God bless and pray. Thanks for listening to the cinema rag. Please post an honest review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. Check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation. Lastly, ball the rag today. Until next time.